Welcome to What the Fish, a podcast where the fish guys at the Field Museum in Chicago talk about marine life, new and crazy species, natural history news, and fish. Who are the fish guys? Dr. Leo Smith, head of fishes, also known as Blofeld. Hi, Beth. Dr. Matt Davis, postdoc, and Jaws. Hello. And Dr. Eric Algren, consultant for fishes and also known as Goldfinger. Hey. And I am Beth Sansenbacher, your host and Dr. No. And this week, we are talking about fishy defense. So or if, if I was a water polo guy or girl, and because they beat on each other, I never knew how aggressive water polo was until I watched some of it on the Olympics. Yeah. And they wanted to hit you with a fish. What would be like the strongest, most painful fish to get smacked in the face with? That wouldn't kill you because obviously you don't want to poison your opponent and make them die, but just like really hurt them. I lie awake nights sometimes thinking about that very that's question. A, that's an excellent question. That's more like fish offense, not fish defense. Well, that's Which true. fish makes the best club? Yeah, yeah like for a club, I might want like a like a bowfin or something. A bowfin, maybe. <laughs> so okay, we'll have. In that sense, what do you guys think of if someone says, mostly I think we're going to be talking about armored fishes. So what do you guys think of, what comes to mind when you think of an armored fish? Um, me, it's just the... Like ex- a specific fish, I should Yeah, say. it's just the extinct fish, like the big placoderms that are just like have bones everywhere. So you think about it in the head? Yes. Or, yes, in the head. How about I, you, How about you, Eric? Uh, I, well, I think of those uh, specimens that you get downstairs, the armored catfish. That's that's what uh, comes to my mind. They're uh, they're covered with, with like weird bony looking scales. I don't know if they're scales or bones or what they are, but they're so uh, those are the sort of rigid and and like almost like uh, like like armor. Like so they're those so those are the loric areoid catfishes or the wood eating catfishes. The one that most people are probably familiar with are the Placostomus from the aquarium trade. So the algae eaters. And so they can get away with, you know, at some level with eating algae and not having to fight anyone because their body is covered with those plates. And those are actually uh, odontodes, so they're toothpaste plates rather than being like an expansion necessarily of the head in, in the placoderm sense or uh, like ex- mm-hmm. like an exactly a modified scale or something. They're sort of, in a way, they're not like sharks, but in the same way the shark skins are covered with like tooth-like structures. And that's what gives them their sort of a lesser armor. So some of those placostomus, they get pretty big, right? I mean, they can get we've got considerably some, large. Like the lower caroids, we have some that are a couple feet long. Down oh, wow. So what's the advantage to having armor if you're a fish that's already like three or four feet? Like what? what it's going to eat it, you. Yeah, what's the benefit that the armor is conferring? Like what are you, what are you being protected against? There's a lot of different reasons. Um, so most fish, most fish have scales, and those protect them from the little tiny invasions let's say but if you're a, a bottom dwelling fish like a lot of catfishes if you have loose scales that aren't sort of modified into armor you are you'll often lose scales so like a lot of times you'll see scales floating around in an aquarium if they fish get banged around you'll see them in a bag when you buy them if you, one of the one of the benefits of armor besides the protection of it sort of all linking together is that it prevents you from dislodging scales so a lot of fish that live in the muck lose scales. They're either completely scaleless, so you see that in a lot of catfish, or they'll turn their scale into like a strong armor or a skin that they can actually shed. So as a, def- de- a definitive benefit from the habitat itself, as well as any kind of ecological role, it's more just like, it helps it in its habitat. Sure. It's, a, I mean, it's a, you know, it makes it survive to the next generation, so it's, yeah. you know. So do they, do they have 
armor on top of scales, or is it just one or the other? They either have scales or like these modified scales that are armor. So in the cat, catfishes can do any number of things. The the you know so you have scaled catfish, scaleless catfishes, and then you have the odontodi kind of catfishes. Um, other fishes, the armor is actually scales. Some of them are modified bony parts out of other skeleton, uh, part of their skeleton. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can do a lot of different things. So like, and these things can change over the life history of a fish. So you can have a situation like the butterfly fishes that we're all familiar from uh, the oceans, the bright yellow, bright pink, you know, these kinds of things. They are, when they're born, they have a special tholichthys larva, a very small larva that the entire front half to two-thirds of the body is actually covered by an armor made of the ex- expanded head bones. So the bones go back, they can have little horns, they can do any number of things, but as they grow up, they the bones actually get smaller over time. So the fish is getting bigger, but the head bones are actually shrinking, and then the body just retains its sort of regular scales, and it's because at different stages in their lives... They need different armor to protect them. So that's crazy. So like little baby angelfish have like weird like no, horny butterfly fish. butterfly fish. Excuse me. Butterfly fish have like weird like horned crazy skull things when they're tiny. Right. And a couple of them, uh, like in the genus Heniochus, the banner fishes will retain the a little bit of the horns as they get older. Hmm. So what's our definition of fish armor? It's, it's just like any protective... Material, Whatever we like, say it is. No, I know, but like it's, it's not real. It, no, I know, but it's it's it is yeah. real. It's a, obviously a structure of some kind. But is it yeah, inclusive of what? Is what, it just what, inclusive yeah, what, of spines, what plates? A, would a sleep sack that the parrotfish like spit out would that count as armor? Because they spit out this big like gooey sn- sack at night that they sleep in to hide their, their scent. Bag? Yeah, which looks so gross. And you should we should put a picture of that up there. Like, is that fish armor? I've never heard of such a thing. They coat themselves so that they're aromas or whatever don't leak out into the water. Well, we all do that, but... It's like... It's so that they can I use a hefty bag. They actually sleep, sort of, whereas most fish don't exactly do that in the same sense. So in a sense... In a sense, I mean, it's shelter. I mean, I I think armor is... To me, armor is anything... Like a thick scales armor. Just thick scales, like ganoid scales on a gar or something. I would say that's armor. That's armor, because it's protective. Certainly, like... uh, But the snot snack is protective, too. Yeah, right. so I'm wondering. So is that armor? Uh, For the purposes of this show, let's call it armor. I think not. <gasps> oh, controversy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it would be fine. I would be fine with it being called armor for any number of reasons, but I would. I tend to think of armor as some hardened structure, yeah. whether it, you could have thick skin. I think you, it's easier to define armor with having bones or plates or other things in there, right. but I don't think it's necessary. So do spines count as armor? No. Okay. I think that's a that's, all that's just a different kinds of defense. Yeah, like okay. fangs. You know. So our definition of armor for this is all is just thickness. Some it's sort probably of, on your for all intents and purposes your non protractile parts. I mean, obviously fishes bend to swim, but I mean, like in general, they're not moving these things. You know, it's like a it's like a thoughtless defense. Or, but there's a functional difference between some of the armor because for something like a gar. Where the scales are thickened and they're interlocked, like it still confers some mobility. But for something like a boxfish, uh, for a boxfish, the sc- it's it's. I assume that that's modified scales. I mean, there must be a way, like the if the scales are modified in a specific way, the mobility must be reduced. Like, is there some sacrifice to mobility sure. to have armor? There must be. Yeah. I mean, in the case of the the porcupine puffers and puffers, they basically have a cage with a little tiny. Like rudder sticking out as a tail, so they swim by beating their tail back and forth at the very tippy, 
of that thing. And I think that's one of Beth's favorite that's, fish. Yeah, I was going to mm-hmm. say, you mentioned that that's Beth's favorite fish, mm-hmm. the, the box fish. They are. They're adorable and they're babies. But uh, so for me, all the armor is anything like that. But I think even like a stonefish's entire body is covered with like a thick, disgusting skin that would be hard to penetrate. You know, I mean, maybe it's some sort of thing that it's like resilience to penetration from fangs or, you know, being stepped on, being stepped on or rubbing against the rocky substrate and ripping its scales off. Or right. I mean, I think that's why they've gone with a thick skin, but I think it's the reason it's thick is to sort of maintain that mm-hmm. same protection. So it's a, it's a, it's a thickening and a, and an interlocking that you mentioned that, that differentiate because I mean, you, you have scales, which aren't armor. And then you have thicker scales, which aren't armor. And then you have even thicker scales, which now you call armor because they're thick and they're interlocked. Or I mean, as soon as you add like thick scales of any kind, any any sort of thing that goes above your standard cycloid or tenoid scale to me is basically armor. Mm. The second you start messing with it at all. Mm-hmm. Now, scales on fish, uh, uh, come, they come in all shapes and sizes and you use them to, to differentiate between different species in the same genus and you count them and look at them and some are colored and some are clear and uh but what is it about uh what is it about scales that is uh similar if that um uh if that question makes any sense what 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 defines a scale there are particular morphological features that define types of fish scales and there's a whole group of fishes that have like cycloid scales and then what are cycloid scales basically have circular ridges it's like a series of rings sort of built up that kind of grow out as the fish gets yeah so if you look at a if you look at a scale up close even with a magnifying glass you can see it's sort of it's forms in in like circles and then there's a and then there's a subset of fishes particularly like spiny rayed fishes right that have tenoid scales which have these like kind of spines called teeny on the ends of the scale oh so there's sort of like finger type yeah there's like little tiny spikes on the back end of them Mm -hmm. um but the the thing to remember from a like a evolutionary framework or a taxonomic framework is that the first sort of classifications of all fishes were actually based on scales and they were actually right in a, to a certain degree they've been corroborated so you have hmm. the cartilages fishes have placoid scales which are teeth derived or at least you know dentine and enamel and all that um that sandpaper thing when you like touch shark skin where it's got right. mm. rubbing your hand over like it goes it's soft it's soft in one direction and yeah. it's really sh- sharp in the other direction and then as you work your way up into act raven fishes you have at the base you have polypterus which has a one particular kind of scale and then you get into the gars which have ganoid scales ganoid scales and then you work your way up into teleos and other things that have cycloid scales and i you know it was in the 19th century that they actually classified fish with these things and it was actually, it seems to be spot on with modern phylogenetic hypotheses. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, well, they stood out really differently, though. I mean, like, you know, they're fundamentally different. That's whereas, true. But so what, what makes them different? I mean, is it the environment? Is it the type of fish? Like, are there uh, any That's a good question. It's, it's more like a like general, like, the, this, type of sca- this type of scale evolved at some point in their evolutionary history, and then it's kind of preserved through a bunch of these different groups, but and then it's, it's modified. Like, but it's not like if you're in this type of water and this type of temperature, this no. type no, of scale no, grows. No. No. More so, it doesn't have anything to do with it. So it's more just like now you don't you don't see the independent evolution of say like tenoid type scales like throughout the tree. It's like it happens in specific areas and then it sticks. Right. Or you may lose scales after that or something. But you don't you don't see repeated evolution of tenoid scales throughout the whole group or like right. the 
or yeah, repeated a, evolution of cycloid scales. So it's more like random why they appear and why they. Yeah, stuck. I mean, yeah, this is an interesting thing to st- to maybe inject into this point the idea of Lamarckism, and uh, d- does it does a fish venturing in? I mean, cause it, uh, nobody believes in that anymore. Am I right? No, not anyone I talk to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure well, someone, somebody probably does. Yeah, someone is. <laughs> yeah. You're in Portland. Ask the people. Hey, but, but the idea of Lamarckism <laughs> is that uh, 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 the example I remember is that a giraffe makes its own neck long by stretching generations of giraffes stretching toward leaves higher up cause their necks to grow over generations, and that's not true. No, that's. And fish would the, – the, the, the equivalent in fish would be that certain fish swim into muddy areas and, and their scales grow longer to protect them and that thus they become armored. Well, if, if, you bec- if you sit on the bottom, you tend to have a few things happen. So you can have uh, – you can get a thick skin where you sort of force the scales into, ski- into a skin so that you actually have to peel this thing off. So you'll see this like if I've ever seen like a grunt sculpin like in a – Pacific Coast Aquarium. These are these little tiny sculpins that hop along the bottom. They have a skin where the scales are sort of embedded in that. You actually have to 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 uh, basically skin them like a lizard or something like that. You can have fishes will completely lose their scales because you don't. If you're on the bottom, you don't want scales because you're going to just be knocking them off all the time. Or you can start to armor up. I mean, like you see it over and over again. But this is all. But this, this, this is, all is sort of Lamarckian. If you're going to, yeah, that's what it's more like. Yeah, this is evolutionary in the sense that it's really success. That Lamarckian. Yeah. That's natural selection. Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, these, I mean, these, that's, these. That's just like variation within La, the population. Lamarckian's more like I've done X, so like my offspring are going to have X too. Yeah. Right, but you can see how Lamarck was. I guess maybe I should say these are the kinds of things that drove Lamarck to that hypothesis. They, like every time I go muck around on the bottom, all the fish either have no scales or are have some wackadoo armor skin system. Right, but but the real answer is that these were uh, uh, genetic mutations that occurred that conferred a, a special ability for these fish that that was advantageous to the environment that they found themselves. Well, in. I don't know if it's a special ability or they just their, their babies left. Magical you know, they ability. Made more, they made more babies over their time. Their fitness yeah. was better. Yeah, the, the reproductive uh, reproductive abilities was, fitness was potentially better. And that's why we see these things happen over and over again throughout the tree of life of fishes. Right. I mean, there's not it's, there, it's a rare fish that's swimming around. Like in freshwater, you have like the catfishes. You're going to have the gars. You're going to have plipterus, which is the the bikers or the reed fishes from Africa. They're uh, the most primitive of all raven fishes. And, you know, they're kind of an enigmatic group. I think there was a study a few years ago that showed that you could actually make a better bulletproof armor out of, by, by interlocking the way uh, polypterous scales interlock, they actually were better than what we were doing with Kevlar and things at the time, like the, the design of the vest themselves. Um, so that was a study that came out probably four years ago. And, you know, I mean, some of that, you know, I, there was a discussion about that I had with a news reporter. And at that time, I said, well, you know, hundreds of millions of years of evolution is probably going to do a pretty good job of designing things. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of true about all these armors. Like, every one of these fish is going to live in an environment and it's going to, the armor is going to sort of, if it's working for them and, you know, the, advan- ad- the advantage of having the armor rather than the mobility that's lost by having armor if it works out, they're going to survive. Now, now some the, some fish with armor have scales that interlock. How does that work? Yeah, how does that work? So in the case of something like a porcupine puffer, so these are the guys that like jump into a 
rock crevice in the ocean and then filled themselves up with water so that they blow up like a balloon. I think that like in Finding Nemo I had one of these that was played by the was that actor's name? The guy from Everybody Loves Rain. Yeah. 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 It was like something Garrett or something. Uh, uh, with Bruce Garrett. Bruce, yeah. Is it Bruce Garrett? Something like that. Brad? Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett. Um, so the scales on those, those are modified scales, and they actually, if you pull it apart and look at the skeleton, they actually look like little jacks, like the toys you play with. Ah. Uh. And so they interlock as a series, you know, so they, because they have to poke out, like, they have to have this option of when the fish inflates, they go from laying against the body to sticking straight out like a cactus when they inflate up. And so those require some sort of kind of an interlocking digitation to allow them to all stick out. It's kind of like, you know, like the, what the kids game of like the, here's the church, here's the steeple, you mm-hmm. open it up and here's all the people. It's that same sort of mechanism. And that is how that those interlock. Other groups are sort of a series of ridges that sort of grow and overlap kind of like gutters. Like yeah. a, a and, that's, gutters. and that's similar to feathers. Like you were mentioning the, the feathers have a, uh, sort of I, well, we don't we don't we don't know about feathers here, but we know a little <laughs> bit about feathers, and they have that sort of interlocking like hooks, like hook scales hooking together. No, maybe <laughs> I know zero about feathers. Yeah. <laughs> That's not our specialty. <laughs> yes. We can we can get somebody in to to speak about that later. No. But it would make sense that they would. Have, I mean, it's probably the same thing as like when you're pulling apart shrimp or something like that. A lot of them are going to be like shrimp, you know, hmm. where you have. Ring after, yeah, ring shrimp after shells ring are very similar to uh, in terms of what it looks like to me. Uh, 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 the material of a shrimp shell is very similar to the, the material of a fish scale. It's so almost like a piece of clear plastic. Yeah, so, no, it's got some characteristics that are like that. I mean, it's it's not true bone in it, but it is calcified in a fish. And when you say some are like some are like bones and some are like teeth, and you mentioned the 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 ones that are like teeth are are they. Um, uh, uh, are they sensitive like teeth? Do they have uh, uh, nerves that run to them? I don't think they, so. I'm unaware of anything like that. That would be weird. So the yeah, so, so the structure don't. of them is like teeth in that they have pulp and dentin and an enamel coating, like a three layered sort of. Uh, they they, do, they <laughs> definitely have. I think they definitely have. An I'm sorry. I, didn't, I don't know about I, the, I don't know anything about the pulp, but the, okay. uh, the in terms of the dentin and the enamel, yeah, that, okay. that that is definitely there, and that's why we refer to them as the odontodes. Okay, and the other ones, the scales are essentially dead, dead proteinaceous material like hair or, or nails or something. It's still, well, it's it's still calcified. It's not it's not exactly, but yeah, and to some degree, it's the same as those. Like a fish, when a fish's scale breaks off, it doesn't bleed, it doesn't right. feel it, right? Exactly. Um, but a fish that has a scale that is a tooth-like scale. Um, it, it, does it have a blood supply to it? Does no. it? Uh, okay, so it is. It's also. It's the same. It's just a protective. I mean, it's just like hair. Or, I mean, I guess. I guess there's certain feathers and stuff that you pull them. They bleed and things. Yeah. But I don't mean to take us way into the weeds. <laughs> on this. I mean, it's yeah. just. Yeah. No. It's. It's. They don't think of them. It's. It's more that they're derived. They have, or they more like that. They have teeth-like anatomy than teeth-like origins. I see. So we're getting our fish of the week out, and it is small, and it oh, it kind of looks like the one you thought looked like Batman again. You don't think it looks like a sturgeon? It could look like a sturgeon. Um, it's got 
It, it's tapered. Oh, yeah, it's got a big mouth. It does look like a sturgeon. And it looks like it has lots of armor. And it's got these weird feeler doohickey things. Looks like it's a like big... A, like an upper lip fringe yeah, type mustache. Yeah, it looks like a big mustache. mustache. Yeah. So it's a hipster fish. Um, <laughs> and it's got armor. It's an ironic mustache that it fish is. has. Yeah. And it, 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 it kind of it starts off large at the head and it tapers off to the tail. It's like a long tapering tail. It's like Ann Elk's theory of dinosaurs. Yes. Google it. So this is a, a type of poacher in a gonid. It's a sculpin relative and its scientific name is Podothecus acipenserinus and acipenserinus is kind of like the uh, acipenseriformes or acipenseridae which are the sturgeon. So this is the sturgeon poacher. It has a very pointed snout like a, like a, like a point like really sharp point. Yep, and it, it's got two little doohickeys on the front because those are the oh, yeah. bones sticking out. And so all these spines are modifications to, at least on the head, are modifications to the lateral line system, so the system we talked about a few weeks ago, the sensory system. Uh, these guys make little spines out of the bones that make up that sensory system. So hmm. because it's a tube, you can imagine the difference between like a cannoli and like a toilet paper roll, the shape, if you were to start modeling, the, the just messing with a little bit of like bone remodeling, you can actually make little spines then, you know, kind of like a cannoli. It's kind of loose on one end like a trapezoid mm-hmm. instead of a perfect cylinder. So what kind of what kind of armor does this guy have? So these are modified scales or plates, um, but they're scale, they're of the same origin of scales. So they start out life pretty early. The, the plates are start developing almost immediately uh, after hatching, and then they'll slowly interlock into a full armor. And so they're... You know, it's ridged. It's hard to imagine that they could get anything in any of these. Between the various ridges, there's probably like 30 or 40 plates. Uh, and there's a series of plates. There's an upper, a lower, and a middle. Um, there's different spe- different groups of poachers have more than three rows of plates. And then they also have uh, scales lo- or the plates along the bottom. So if you feel them... There, you can it's you can see that it's. Ooh. Why are they called poachers? Mm-hmm. Why are they called poachers? Um, Not because they're good to eat when you poach them. Hard and pointy. Oh, except it's very soft on its belly. Yeah, they're they're poachers. I don't know why they're called poachers. Do they steal food from other fish? Yeah. Mm, I don't know if it's a theft poachy kind of thing. Uh, they have big eyes. They live on the bottom. Uh, it has almost no tail. It's like uh, very thin. Yeah, really they're not. They're out. not really moving around that way. You know, so the tail is just not as... The tail, having having a powerful tail would not be advantageous to them, so... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're bottom-living fishes. They are mostly in the Pacific Northwest, although there's some uh, that get down uh, in the Southern Hemisphere and then some that get into the Atlantic in the North. So what's with its sad little pelvic fins? It's got these, like... The most saddest pelvic fins I've ever seen. <laughs> so they're, they, well, they would drag around the bottom if they had a, a real pelvic fin. So they're, yeah, but some benthic fishes have humongous pelvic fins, right? So it's not an agonid specific problem or a poacher specific problem. So these are sort of nestled in among all the sculpins, and the sculpins prior to the poachers lost their pelvic fins. So they tend to have one really, really, really weak spine that's not even really much of a spine, and then they will have two or three usually. Rays and it's so it just turns out to be like a little, yeah, it practically, like it practically it's almost looks like a stigil or something. Yeah, it's almost like a whisker or something. I mean, yeah, it's basically looks pretty much useless. What? But it has big pectoral fins. No, yeah, it has humongous pectoral fins and the pelvic fins. I are think that would be a great one to, to do a three D scan on the head of. There's a, so there's there's one that someone actually did a CT scan of called a rockhead poacher, hmm. and they've got a giant hole in there, it's sort of like pit in their head. Hmm. It's totally awesome, totally worth worth looking at. Um, like it's almost like you could take something. So the, what would you say the eye is like a, about a 
fourth of the head in terms of length mm-hmm. and like maybe like a sixteenth yeah. of volume or something like that. The eyes are large. Yeah. 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 And you can actually eyes. drop down one of those eyeballs into the pit. So you can kind of see the pit would be back here. Wait, sort wait, of wait, the can, head's like the pit sort of right behind the brain case. It can drop its eyeball back. No, no, no. It's just like you could actually oh, take the right. hole is so big you could you. take one of those eyeballs and it's like well, that what's big. What's the hole for? There's a speculation. There's a bunch of speculation about benefits that it could perform, but it's hard to you know. It could just be random. It could just be there. Would you want armor? I don't know. Would you guys want armor? Ooh. Yeah, I'd like armor. That'd be pretty awesome. At the expense of... So you'd like to be the thing? Is that his name? Yeah, I the suppose. Thing. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Fantastic yeah. Four? Is that yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. No, you wouldn't want to be the thing. No. no. The thing's not happy he's the thing. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Mm. Well, it depends well, on where the armor like, is. What if you had... No, but what about uh, one of the X-Men? Oh, what's her name? She's got diamonds for skin. Oh, the White Queen. She, she, that would be cool. I mean, that would be cool armor. She can turn it off. So yeah. That's a, well, that, that's if you can turn it off. If you can turn it on or off. There are times yeah. when you wouldn't want armor. But if you could just have like a very thin, diamondly, sparkly layer to you, that'd be good. Yeah, like nice. the vampires in Twilight. Oh, God. I don't want that. No. I don't know what that no, is. No, we don't want to I don't want to sparkle like diamonds, but maybe like. <laughs> <laughs> Leo, there's a series of books called Twilight. All the people are into it. Yeah. All the you should, yes. All the 13 year old girls are into it. Yeah. <laughs> 13 to 30. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, he just excluded me again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move us into the superlatives. So, what's the fish with the strongest armor? I have no idea. <laughs> I said I don't even know if anybody has anybody even studied anything like anybody that to see like hard. which kind of armor could take the most pressure before it squishes the fish. Like I, you know, I just I don't think anybody's I mean, like, studied something like that. You're gonna like, it's, the shape of the fish is gonna impact that a lot. So something like the armored catfish, which sits on the bottom and it's sort of like a half of a stop sign, mm-hmm. like trapezoid or whatever that would be. Um, those are gonna obviously have different characteristics than a polypterist that's like a like a cigar shape. Certainly, my experience would say that something like a box fish for its size produces the hardest. Like, they might be more brittle, though. I mean, this gets into all those things like whether, like, a bone is should have a little flexibility to increase mm-hmm. its strength and all these things that, like, I don't know enough about. But from a purely dry, like, if you were to dry out the fish and, like, kind of bang it against a... A table. Yes. The box fish is the most amazing of all of those to me. Not that we've ever done that. <laughs> yeah. We should do that. <laughs> Why hasn't anybody tested this before? Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, <laughs> just crushed a box fish. No, it's no. terrible. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sure there there are mess. people that have. That, there's lots of people that work with armored fish. Right. Um, I just not you know that's a functional mechanical stuff that I'd expect like out of. Re- there's a few researchers in like Germany and Belgium and. A couple other places like that that tend to focus on that stuff. But, um, yeah, in terms of that, you know, most most fishes, are, the armor is more of a playing a role, more like a thick skin than a, they're not expecting like a meteor to come and hit at them. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. more of a, a lot of it, I think, is to actually keep away really small things, they know, locking and things like that. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask, do those, do those seal out parasites or uh, uh, other pests or something that would infest Perhaps under another fish's scales, does the armor? There's no off? doubt that something that there are some groups that have armor that is designed to do that. So you can have on the bottom of a sculpin, you can have these rigid armors that really look 
there are a lot more of them than on the carapace of a mm-hmm. of a shrimp or something. But it look has that same sort of look, and they're just choo, 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 like you know thirty, forty of these things on the bottom, and it's clearly they're dragging themselves around the bottom trying to keep worms out, you know that kind mm-hmm. of thing, and they're really tightly adhered, and it's a very interesting looking pattern. Where you have groups like the stonefishes and a lot of the leaf fishes that just sit there. They're very they're camouflaged, so they don't move around a lot, and so they're really susceptible to things infecting them. And so they've they've sort of gotten a thickened skin that instead of what they do is they actually slough it off or shed it uh, rather than and so that's a but that is a form of armor. They're letting these things crawl in and disposing of the uh, the armor. Then you have cases like sticklebacks and seahorses, pipe fishes. There's lots mm. of things that are armored. Yeah, seahorses have, uh, they look like armor plates. Mm. Yep, they're um, completely mm-hmm. armored. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that those in those cases, you're probably talking about things that would be, they're just really susceptible. I mean, a seahorse can swim about as fast as a, a newborn can walk. I mean, <laughs> can't move at all. And so no. in that, it's clearly defensive trying to keep themselves from getting bitten by something it's got to be i mean I, I don't know. something might jump down on it it feels like a hard stick and it spits it out well it's it's to prevent the small thing from nibbling at them it's not to prevent the grouper from coming and swallowing them yeah you're pretty much out of luck if that happens right i mean they can chew through it over time but the same thing with pipefish pipefish is it's also a little camouflagey um you know there's a lot of groups that have armory so you have you have things like the lump suckers a lot of them also lump, have what lump suckers? Yeah, yeah. The, what see, do they do? They so, suck. They suck lumps. They, so <laughs> they the, suck lump. the cheapest of all caviars <laughs> comes from the lump sucker, uh, the lump fish caviar. Uh, oh, yeah, I've heard so, of that. So they have little bumps on their body that are also like tooth-like structures that they, you know, I'm trying to think of what they kind of look like. They kind of, they're bigger than like a like a cactus. You know, they're like a they're like the size of a like the fish will be something about the size of like a child's hand. And then they'll have things on it that are about the diameter of a dime. And they look like little tiny volcanoes. It's like really... It's like studded. Yeah, it's studded. Like that's exactly... That's a perfect way to describe yeah. it. Oh, wow. I've and, never seen that. Mm-mm. Do we have those? They can get pretty big, too. Some of, yeah, some of the, the Atlantic ones can get to be... Uh, yeah, they're related to things like snailfishes and sculpins. We have a bunch of them. They're, uh, they have a pelvic fin is modified... Uh, it's modified into a... a sucking disc. disc. So they can stick onto a rock and just. That's the lump sucker part. That's what. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the yeah. sucking part. That's uh, the suck of the lump suck. The, yeah, uh-huh. and they're lumpy. <laughs> yeah, and that's the lumpy They're lumpy and they suck onto things. Nice. They're awesome. So, what, what other groups are have armored? I mean, you you see it a lot. Um, yeah. Is it is it ubiquitous among um, marine and freshwater? Is there more marine armored, more freshwater? I think there's more groups in more different groups in marine. But the freshwater ones are really diverse in terms of species numbers. Yeah. The catfishes, anyway. Yeah, didn't you say there's thousands of species of armored catfish? Just, yeah. Just yeah, the, are, the, multitudes of them? Well, and there's multiple kinds of armored catfishes. I, you know, That's why the wood-eating or lower carrier catfishes, like the Procostumus, is one kind. But there's other kinds of armored catfishes that are... Duratids have like these really big, horrible, like spiny uh, scales on the sides of their body. That I don't like to touch those either. I think they're called thorny heads. What's the common name of those? Thorny head catfishes, something like that. There, there's horrible things. Catfishes have got some amazing, like things you don't want to pick up or touch. Yeah, they've got they're slimy and they get stingers. Yeah, but that's what you kind of think of. But like, is that why people like punch their fists in their throats <laughs> like to catch them? <laughs> the noodling. Yeah, I don't know why that. Well, that's it's probably more effective on a catfish than some other groups. 
Sorry. For those who don't know, noodling is when you go into a underwater and like a catfish's burrow and you stick your arm into a hole where a catfish might be living and you the hope is you can get put your arm inside the catfish's mouth and then grab it by its gill arches and yank it out it's kind of a it's a macho thing right yeah i'm not sure that it happens outside the south it's a midwest southern thing yeah for I sure think it, the, like kansas uh, the, oklahoma uh, vice Missouri. presidential nominee uh, is a uh, a uh, catfish noodler. I think that's on his uh, list of accomplishments. No kidding. That would be awesome. Paul Ryan. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I don't. Know. I've never. I've never tried noodling. It seems dangerous. <laughs> I met a few people that have done it when I, I was know, in Kansas. What kind of permit does that require? Fishing permit. A fishing license. With bait I think you got to be know. drunk. I think it's the first thing. <laughs> I don't know how to legally do that. Um, but it, with, in freshwater, it's mostly catfishes. There are some freshwater pipefishes, which are the long, skinny, straightened-out version of a seahorse. Yeah, a few freshwater puffer-fishes. There's some, but I don't know. They're what not, about the gars? They're, they're, they're not really armored. The gars, you have polypterus, so uh, sturgeon. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna go with the ganoid scales or armor, then there's probably a lot of extinct diversity that used sure. to be freshwater that was armored. I mean, you might make the case that at what point the majority of fishes were armored. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I think. Mm. I think we could say across all time, whether extinct or living, if you include everything we got now, the majority of fishes have to be an armored. Yeah, really. Which huh. is not the same for other vertebrates, right? I mean, for like, I mean, there are obviously some. I mean, there's there's armor across other vertebrate groups, like say crocodiles mm-hmm. or we don't really turtles. See it in, in the I suppose you could make it. You don't see it in the. No, I, that's why I was wondering. Like, I don't think there's many. Is there any case of an armor in mammals? I armadillos? I guess armadillos, armadillos yeah. Uh, rhinos yeah. are kind of armored. I mean, they have very thickened skin. Right. I mean, some of this might have to do with, like, if you're going to be warm-blooded, it's probably hard to maintain all that. With some, oh, like, and there's some armor, extinct but, ones, too, like that giant, it's oh. not armadillo, but that... Uh, yeah, that awesome thing. Oh, what's the name yeah, of there's thing? one in the, uh, in, the, in the extreme mammals that a kid, oh, like kid can crawl through. Armadillo? That's yeah. not yeah. armadillo at all? Pseudo-armadillo. Pseudodillo. Pseudodillo. <laughs> yeah. do, do you think armor has more to do with living in an aqueous environment? No, because almost all lizards are armored. I mean, yeah. And snakes. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to get to the thing of like, what is armor? Like, why are we red. defining it as armor? Like, is it just hard? To, like, yeah. Because you could probably make the case that lots of reptiles are armored on some level. Right. I mean, and the case of them, part of it, I assume, is to keep the water in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a day. From desiccating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what's weird is like, you know, you asked where that is in the tree, but if you look at some of the primitive teleos, like the eels, I don't think there's any armored eels. They're mostly scaleless. There's some scaled ones, but they're not thick. And then you have things like the, uh, arowanas and the arapaimas and the, some of the electric fishes and they're not armored. It's not really until you hit that catfish. There's some scutes and things on herring. What are scutes? It's just Funky scales. Yeah. Sometimes so, they're really sharp. Well, acephenser has sharp scutes, too. That's true. Yeah. Like sturgeons have really sharp scutes. So, I mean, it's it's sort of like a... Sometimes they can be... It's not armor and it's not a scale. It's a... It's, it's a, a scale. Some, it's a modified scale, but they sometimes are curved in a way that's sharp. Like, you wouldn't want to hold one in your hand and have it try to wriggle out. It would slice you up. So, I see. So, scutes are sort of vaguely defined, but you tend to find them at least... I'm gonna. I'm, I'm going out of limb here, so correct me if I'm wrong. But I think you'll find them in cases where they're used defensively, like in a herring or something like that. I don't think that it's a hydrodynamic thing. So I think that they're trying to, you know, they wait. Herrings to, have scoots. Yeah, like the, all the clupeity 
herring, shaddy kind of things. Not all of them, but almost all. But well, most of them on those are ventrally, right? They're, yeah, on, they're the on the bellies. On the bellies, but like right. a sturgeon or something has them on the sides of the body or on the top. And then you'll have groups like jacks or tunas that are fast moving out in the middle of the ocean, so pelagic fishes. And they have scutes along the midline of the body towards the back, and that we think that that has more to do with the hydrodynamic forces. So mm. you, by, if you are in addition to the regular scales, you're saying, uh, right? But yeah. I think that, but they in, in the jacks, for example, they're modified. They are a kind of modified scale. I see. But the, the the logic there is that if you go fast, you can you can actually reduce the amount of drag of water moving cro- across you, presumably air, by perturbing it just a tiny bit. And so what the that these scutes are doing mm. is just to provide a minor amount of that. It all gets into Reynolds numbers. Oh, it's and like forces. those. It's like that MythBuster where they made a golf ball car. Like they, they, they <laughs> in, I'm sorry, we got to talk about this because it was the best one ever. They put clay on a car and they put little divots in it so it looked like a golf ball. So it's you know like why golf balls have little divots in it right. so it makes them go farther. And they they tested it out with the car. By dropping it off a car uh, cliff. No, they drove it, and they tested <laughs> they the gas up. mileage. Well, they did it with the car with just the clay, and they drove it, and they saw how much gas they used, and then they made, like, this car look like a golf ball, and they put all these divots in it, and it used less gas. Wow, I'd like to see that episode. More, it, I'd like to get that excellent. car. Yeah. Could that dip, so I should go, is it, how perfect does it have to be? Can I just, like, drive through some hailstorm? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, they, they did it pretty perfectly. Like, it looked like a golf ball car. It was pretty cool. Um so yeah, that's the same theory. That right. So, that, the so armor. So some armor-like things in that, like things that might be, you know, if we're going to get into like, is that armor or not armor? You know, and we we might have disagreements among the four of us, or among ichthyologists, or among people, or anybody. Um, those are the kinds of things that are going to mess it up, right? I mean, the group I like the most, which is like the sculpin, scorpion fish, stonefishes, and those. I mean, if you see armor constantly. So the sea robins have armor, then there's an, they're, and they're pretty armored by themselves. And then all of a sudden, a group of them become the armored sea robin. We had a representative of that uh, maybe in one of the first couple of weeks, Gargariscus. Mm-hmm. Do deep sea fishes have lots of armor? No, not really. It's not super common in deep sea fishes, I would say. Is there any armor in these fishes? Because they always seem to like kind of disintegrate when you bring them up, or do you know what I mean? They don't. Yeah, they're real. They're real flabulent and blubberous. Yes. No, I don't think. I don't think so. That's weird. I can't think, like off the top of my head, I can't. But that really could think be have something any. to do with how much. How, I mean, the, they're already so small and bone is, and calcium is so limited because oh, of the true. pressure that yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's, it's the no bone zone. The, the, the no yeah, bone zone. Yep, yeah, exactly. Right above the no bone zone, which is just the name. We, uh, as a group, gave the area a certain de- after a certain depth. It's hard. You can't basically can't pull. Yeah, tune much. into the old podcast to find out about the no bone zone. Oh, well, it's a zero episode. Yeah. Oh, that that the episode. Early tapes. Oh wow! Oh, the bootlegs. The, the bootlegs. The bootlegs. <laughs> the what the fish bootlegs. Our oh, test runs. Oh, our we'll pilot episode that's yeah. not aired yet. Wow, it's going to be on like a special edition box CD. Uh, 25th anniversary, <laughs> when we're all famous. <laughs> and somebody wants our bootlegs. And old. Know, when we're yeah. back. Sad. So but with armor, you basically see it in herring, catfish. And then next it's like things like squirrel fishes and that are in the, like the big, they have big red eyes, soldier fishes, squirrel fishes. Whenever I think of a squirrel fish, fish. sorry, I think of a fish with a big puffy tail. Yeah, you don't think of squirrels as having armor. I mean, you wouldn't think a squirrel, a squirrel fish, or a sea robin. These are not things that they're 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 named after that comport with what 
the these fishes. Well, actually, I can explain because they have big wing-like pectoral fins, but I have no idea why uh, they're called squirrel fish. I don't know either. They hoard nuts. Yeah, they hoard nuts. <laughs> they hoard why would they be them. called squirrel fish? I don't know why they're called squirrel fishes. I get, I get why they're called pinecone fishes, or yeah, the pinecone fish looks like a pine or fang tooth or whatever. Like, there's lots of bristiforms that have common names that make sense. I don't know why they're called squirrel fishes. I always wondered that. They're just big red giant eyes. They don't look anything like squirrels. Squirrel. Maybe it's because of their behavior. Are they, yeah, I was gonna say. Are they, they squirrely? Are they like? Do they freak out and take off? No. Do dogs like to chase them? Are they all promiscuous and like frisky and stuff? I don't know. Promiscuous fish, yes. I don't know if we know anything about their sex. They're, but is there, so they're milting behavior. Yes, yeah. Haven't gotten into that literature yet. <laughs> yeah. Are there that many reef fishes even now that we're Yeah, there are because they're they're all the tetradonaforms. They're they're right. armored and all of the like we what talked about like already, all the signatiforms that are armored, the, the, the type fish. are like the porcupine puffers mm-hmm. and okay. the puffers. And to some degree, the skin of a trigger fish is pretty armory. And the signatiforms, the pipe fishes, seahorses, seahorses, they're all pretty armored. Mm-hmm. Um, are, those, that, are those reef fish? A lot of so, your yeah. a lot of your rock fishes or all the box fishes, sea robins, those things. Adorable. Yeah, they're not entire. They're not as coral reefy as some of those other ones you've mentioned. But but they're they're still slopey, yeah. reefy. I'm just well, thinking, like, like, the squirrel fishes. I mean, because, like, what I'm thinking is, like, on a coral reef, one of the sort of dramatic things you think about is that the fishes are darting around and swimming around in a complex three-dimensional mm-hmm. disaster and that armor messes with that. I mean, it's the same reason why a squirrel But fish it might protect tail. it because corals hurt if you bump into them, as I've learned from... And it probably matches the corals, A lot too. of experience. Like, you do not want to touch a coral. It does not feel good. It hurts... Sure, but most right. coral... What I'm saying is I'm, <laughs> I, I'd go out and live and say most coral reef fishes don't have any hint of armor. Yeah, probably not like pomocentrids, like clownfishes or wrasses or wrasses or things. Or, but they but they have a very different like life history or ecological niches than some of these other things. Yeah, I'm just saying that like as a group, it's mostly benthic fishes. Yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. On some level, and it would make sense that benthic deep sea stuff necessarily doesn't have it because of the calcium limitations, or maybe it's just not so advantageous down there to be yeah, big and armored. Maybe there's not a whole lot of worms climbing through you, or that like the bacteria grows so slow under that pressure and at those temperatures. That it's or there's not a big, yeah, there could be any number of reasons why it might not be as useful. Or it could be that the predators are different. I mean, right? I mean, it's some level, I guess, a parasite sort of a predator different than what we But fishes think. can get predators not just from their like just from eating stuff like right. I, I, they probably get a lot of a lot of parasites just from feeding mm-hmm. eating all the nasty invertebrates or nasty other fishes that are filled with parasites like yeah, fishes so. are pretty parasite ridden they should cook their food <laughs> <laughs> hard to get the scope lit so they could bring them down to a vent. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. A little vent for a while, but it looks just about done. <laughs> I like the idea of that. There's like a video. There's a car, There's a cartoon in there. Somewhere. There's a cartoon where SpongeBob goes down and like grills something oh, over a vent. I don't know. We oh, could pitch. Dude. We're pitching it right now. Right. No, but it's it's interesting. It really is pretty benthic-y things. I mean, like you could. Yeah. You know, benthic, benthic meaning again. Something on the bottom. On the bottom. I mean, there, there's a few sit and wait predators like the gars and polypterus is sort of can be a little. But the, again, those armors are different. Those are like interlocking scales where right. the scales themselves are thickened. Like in the end, in a lot of those cases, they're covered with ganoin, so it just gives them a harder shape. But they're not actually armor in the same way we're talking about with like these box fishes or things where they're like really solidified plates. 
Right. Like the those are more like a typical fish scale that are just extra hard in those no, I mean, fishes. It's like so. porcupine puffers. Might be like their mobility is not as impacted. Right. Yeah, later locking kind of things. Yeah, like like real human armor is made in the form of fish scales. I guess like is that scale mail. I it's think? probably like yeah. chain mail versus yeah. a suit of armor. Yeah, like chain mail over there. There you go. And like a gar has got like that that really like neat, smooth, like diamond interlocking kind of armor on it, as opposed to like big heavy plates of armor. Yeah, right. like mithril. Mith- yeah, like yes. mithril. Right. Just yeah. That out there. Like, like what is mithril? You are again so disappointing in your nerdiness, Leo. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where to start. Lord of the Rings, hello. No. <laughs> it saves poor Frodo. It does. Yeah. What's from being stabbed. Mithril. M A T H R I L. It's a special kind of black chainmail. Yeah. Made by dwarves. It's like magic. Oh, made by elves. Awesome. Oh, made by elves, darn. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Made Come by elves. elves. But, but the substance they used to make it was mined by dwarves. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's a yes. dwarf elf alliance. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Smith is, is finally defeated by the by this conversation. <laughs> it's not my nerdiness so much as my lack of any sort of literal literary knowledge. His 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 feeling of shame at all of our discussion. No, I you know, I mean I think armor is kind of fascinating, but you know, as an ichthyologist it's mostly makes it harder to shoot something with a bow or whatever underwater. <laughs> Let me start that over. As an ichthyologist, ichthyologists are bloodthirsty armor creatures. Armor mostly makes it harder to catch the fish. I mean, we can't catch and spear kill it the fish, same way. Yes. Can't dissect it without peeling off the armor. Like downstairs, Eric and I have been doing this process called clearing and staining, where we can make the basically expose the skeleton. And you know, this, the porcupine puffer is driving me crazy because every time I go to try and peel the skin off of him with the armor. It just keeps poking me, and I just like don't want to deal with it, so I just keep letting it go. Yeah, and there's a few of those fish that, that weren't necessarily armored that you mentioned that have very, very thick skin, and we even peeled the skin off of those fish. Um, what is it, like the trigger fish? The trigger fish And it's, it's taking forever to clear and st- to, to clear that fish yeah, that's no, been in there for months and months, right? Right. I mean, we, we skinned basically the angler fishes and the, and the trigger fishes. Um, which all actually form a little group. Like if you were to look at the, how all fish are related, angler fishes, trigger fishes, which includes the porcupine puffers and things mm-hmm. like that. All they there's something going on in their skin. A, so they have tough, leathery skin. You wouldn't call it armor because armor implies that it's no. going to be rigid or interlocking. Well, or some of the triggers, I think. Get, you know, I've, triggers. I can't. I've had trouble spearing them with a regular, like a Hawaiian sling, when you're out in the field, which is the regular sort of pole spear. Um, they, you just can't get the the tip of the spear to actually bust through the armor. Mm-hmm. I mean, they—I would call it armor on a trick and on some trigger fish. So if it bounces a spear off of it, that's armor. And for sure, armor. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. Tests. That's think, one of the tests I of think armor. That's one of the tests. Ayakuk approved. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly works with trigger fishes and porcupine puffers. Have you ever speared one? I've never speared a trigger fish. No. Yeah. See. It's totally protective. I've never speared a pipefish, but that might be because it's too hard. Yeah, I'm not sure how you would spear a pipefish. They're only like a few inches long. I've gotten things about the same size. Pure luck. Yeah, Random luck. Yeah, no, but there's no question when I'm catching fish in the field that armor is effective. It impacts my ability to spear them. And that same has got to be true of, of uh, like fish biting down on them. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and the fact that it's, you know, one of the things that always tells you that it's an evolutionary important is 
anytime you have something re-evolve 10, 20 times or 30 or 40 or however many times it's going to happen in fishes, when it keeps evolving over and over again, it usually means that it helps with the success of the fish. If somebody just put like mm-hmm. seven fish on front of you on the table and said, you have to eat these, you probably aren't going to pick the one that's spiny and like rock hard. <laughs> you'd probably give up because you'd be like, I can't, I don't even want to try to deal with this thing. If you want to agree, disagree, or want to ask what the fish, tweet us your question at fm underscore what the fish. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Fish.